This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 266 of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, we're going to talk about determining your resting heart rate. We're going to talk about a pound of weight gain from a single plate. Also, how to avoid superbugs at the gym and... Does too much fat and sugar hurt your brain? Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past, and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just deny it. Thin. Not till you lie. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the schoolofpodcasting.com. If you are new to the show, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. I'm just a dude like you trying to lose weight. And I did not weigh myself this morning as I record this on Sunday. It has not been a great week for me. I've had a couple weeks where I went down a little bit. And I think this week I am pretty much hanging even. I always pull up my, uh, let's see. No, I'm actually down. Oh, cool. All right. That's because last weekend, yeah, I am uh, down a pound, it says here. That's right, because I'd gone up last week. So last week we talked about changing the way you make decisions, and and that's kind of worked for me this week. And today we're going to talk about determining your resting heart rate and what this does for you. Uh, This is from... Dummies.com. It says, in general, the higher your resting heart rate, the less physically fit you are. And uh, the lower your heart rate, the more physically fit you are. So it's kind of inversely. The lower your heart rate, the better you're doing. The higher your heart rate, the lower. Now, some athletes' resting heart rates are in their 40s, meaning 40 beats per minute. Uh, One way to see if your new workout is succeeding is to check your resting heart rate over a few months. See if it has increased, decreased, or remained the same. Now, if your workouts are effective, your resting heart rate will slowly decrease or at least remain constant. Your body has many ways of telling you uh, when enough is enough. And if your resting heart rate has increased, you should start listening to your body by decreasing your workout frequency or intensity. Maybe you're pushing it just a smidge too hard. All right, so here are some tips for measuring your resting heart rate. Uh, It's best measured when you first wake up in the morning before your feet hit, before they leave the sheets. Here's what they say to do. Grab a stopwatch, a clock, or a watch with a second hand, then find your pulse. Now, you can locate your pulse either in what they call your radial artery, which is uh, on your wrist, or at the 
car, oh boy, carotid artery in your neck. That's the one where people, it's the one kind of on the side of your neck. Choose the spot that works best for you. Now, there is a, uh, a thing to remember here, a reminder. The only trick to measuring your heart rate is that you must use the correct fingers to do the measuring. The thumb has a light pulse and can create some confusion when you're counting your beats. It's best to use your index finger and middle finger together. After you find the beat, you need to count how many beats occur within 60 seconds. The shortcut to this method is to count the number of beats in 10 seconds, and then you basically multiply it by six. That method gives you a 60-second count. So let's say you count seven beats in 10 seconds. Well, seven times six is 42 beats per minute. Now, if you have trouble finding your pulse or separating the beats in your body from uh, the the ticks of your watch or whatever, uh, maybe you can ask a friend for help. Um, Have your friend count the pulse beats while you watch the clock or vice versa. Now, if you have an iPhone, and I'm sure there's one for the uh, Android, there is a free app called Heart Rate, and it's really odd how it uh, it works, but basically, you put your finger over the camera, it turns on the light, and somehow, and it's accurate because you can feel your heart beating, and when your heart beat, this little indicator shows that it's doing this. So I just did mine, and it is 72 beats per minute, and there's a thing here to tag this. What would that do? Okay, um, this would be less than six hours sleep, so you can tag it. And I guess I can log in to log in to share. Hmm, okay, so if I go back, do I have, yeah, I can see here. It's been um, 72, I've had 73, 97, that was exercising. And so the free version of Instant Heart Rate is limited to the five most recent entries. Upgrade to IHR Pro for unlimited access with graphs or view more entries by syncing with our free health hub named Argus, the ultimate pedometer nutrition and activity tracker. So uh, there's that. It tells you how to, uh, the stand-up test is a revolutionary new way to track your health. The stand-up test measures your heart rate as you're guided from a sitting to standing position. Um then there's the one where you actually just do it. Well, so we have a um, couple uh, advertisements for other apps, but it's free. And if I, yeah, I can't see my trends because I'm using the free app, but that's an easy way as opposed to counting. I'm, I'm surprised at how accurate it is. It's uh, really bizarre, but uh, that's a way besides weight, besides inches, you could use your resting heart rate to see where you're at. And I bet in many of the apps, you can track that kind of information. Uh, so I'm going into my fitness pal. I know you probably could and lose it, but there's probably a place where you can put that in and use that as a barometer as to how well you're doing. There is a new study out from Oregon State University that says a high-fat and high-sugar diet led to decrease cognitive functioning in mice. In other words, it hurts your brain. Uh, these changes in the brain appear to be mediated through gut bacteria, a, connex- a connection known as gut-brain axis. Well, we're getting our science on here. 
Mice in the study were fed either a high-fat and high-sugar diet or a normal diet. Those on the high-fat, sugary diet saw a shift in gut bacteria that was linked to a loss of cognitive flexibility. In other words, the ability to adapt to changing situations. We kind of slowed down and short and long-term memory. Now, Kathy Magnuson, Ph.D., was the principal investigator and professor of biomedical sciences at Oregon State University, describes cognitive flexibility in terms of driving home from work. When your normal route is suddenly closed for construction, if you have high cognitive flexibility, you can figure out quickly the best alternative route and remember in the morning to also follow the detour rather than attempt to go the usual way. It's increasingly clear that our gut bacteria can communicate with the human brain. Bacteria can release compounds that act as neurotransmitters uh, that stimulate sensory nerves or the immune system and affect a wide range of biological functions. And this connection between the brain and the gut is called gut-brain axis, and it's a two-way street. Not only does the brain send messages to the gut, but the gut also sends messages to the brain. And basically they're saying that hormones from the gut impact the appetite control centers of the brain, but bacterial shifts can hurt your health. When there's an imbalance in your gut bacteria that is going to create shifts in your expression of gut hormones, it, uh, it'll cause the gut lining to become more permeable. That will allow bacterial toxins to disseminate and cause an inflammatory reaction which can affect brain function adversely. In other words, again, um, a lot of it's nothing new. A lot of fat, a lot of sugar, not really good for your body, and obviously not very good for your brain. And speaking of bacteria, I know a lot of people don't like go to the gym because they just think it's filled full of germs, uh, partly because, well, it's filled full of germs a lot of times. You know, bacteria, it is all around us, and usually they don't make us sick, but about Two out of every 100 Americans carry potentially deadly, and I'm not even going to try to, methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, better known as MRSA, bacteria, on their bodies. Athletes, particularly those involved in contact sports, are even more likely to hover this bacteria, in part because players share the bug when they come in contact with each other. In addition, MRSA can live for days on exercise equipment, benches, and mats in um, in gyms and locker rooms. So here's the steps you need to take to avoid the superbugs at the gym. Wash your hands with soap and water before and after your workout. If it's not available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. You can wipe down equipment with alcohol-based sprays or wipes. And this is what I always tell people. Uh, don't assume the last person on the equipment uh, did their job. Then here's another one that I thought, hmm, that's a, a good way to go. Place a barrier such as clothes or a clean towel between your skin and the exercise equipment, uh, you know, the benches and the, and the mats. Basically keep something between you and that, and that will work on in most cases. Uh, and then obviously keep cuts, scrapes uh, clean and bandaged until healed. You don't want that uh, open. And then shower immediately after you exercise. Now, what they don't say there is if you do that at the gym or at home. I'm thinking go home and shower immediately. 
and then never share personal items such uh, that that touch bare skin, including towels, mats, uh, bar soap, and razors. So that's an easy way. Some things to think about if you're going to the gym. Now, as I record this, it's kind of summer, and we should all be outside uh, having fun as long as we're not going to Red Lobster. Ready for this? Uh, this is from uh, WebMD. It says a pound of uh, uh, a pound of weight gain on a single plate. There is a thing called the Create Your Own Combination Plate at Red Lobster, and it's built with Paro Isle Jumbo Coconut Shrimp, Walt's favorite shrimp, and the Shrimp Linguine Alfredo, along, of course, with French fries, a Caesar salad, a cheddar biscuit, and washed down with the restaurant chain's 900-calorie Lobsterita. This has dinner swimming in at 3,600 calories, 37 grams of saturated fat, and a four-day supply of sodium. Holy cow. This actually, uh, this article is from 2015, but it says the Center for Science in Public Interest has put together this list of the unhealthiest restaurant dishes since 2007. And it says the nonprofit group finds its winners in air quotes here by surveying the menus at more than 200 popular chain restaurants nationwide. The Red Lobster meal packs enough extra calories to gain a pound in a single sitting, says Susan Roberts, Ph.D., a professor of nutrition at Tufts University. Remember, you've already ate breakfast, lunch, and perhaps had some snacks, and the meal itself has more calories than a pound of weight gain. Even where she says all the calories come with a lot of refined carbs, fat, and very little fiber. Making a habit of meals like that encourages your brain to think that kind of food and calorie level is normal. The next time you eat out, you'll probably be tempted uh, by similarly large portions, and there goes another pound around your waist. Now, Red Lobster did kind of snap back. They said, the create-your-own combination lets guests choose two or three options from a list of nine to create a dish that meets their individual tastes and dietary preferences. And um, they're saying their Extreme Eating Awards hone in on just one atypical combination and as a result, inaccurately portray the nature of this menu item. So Red Lobster's kind of going, wah, you guys pick the fattest stuff. Well, it's still an option. You know, it says pick the steam snow crab legs, uh, the seafood stuffed flounder, and a seventh-ounce grilled sirloin with a garden salad and a side of steamed broccoli, and you end up with 620 calories instead. So it's kind of one of those where you're just going to go, well, use a little common sense, I guess, in this case. The sneaky part of this is because it is uh, seafood, which is naturally high in protein and low in calories, but it's battered, fried, and bathed in cream sauce, uh, even seafood can lose uh, its uh, healthy stats. I know for me, um, at Longhorn, they have this thing called Red Rock Shrimp. It's grilled shrimp. Oh, is it yummy. But it definitely has some sort of seasoning on it. And then it comes on a bed of rice that itself is really, really salty. And I know anytime I ever have that meal, I will wake up and I will be probably a pound heavier. Now, the good news is usually two days later, that goes away. But if I if I didn't do that, you know, how many times do I have to go up and then go down? 
And uh, it's just one of those things where you have to have kind of the long-term view and realize that in the end, this is not a great choice for you. So those are some things I found on the internet this week, kind of a shorter show this week. And I got to say over the next couple weeks, I, I hate this, but uh, production is going to be kind of spotty. I've got some things going on with my day job again. Um, I've got a trip coming up in um, July where I'll be speaking at Podcast Movement. It's summer. And uh, so in the meantime, get out there and uh, get active. Watch what you're eating. And um, if you're looking for something to listen to, now I'm a child of the 80s, and I grew up loving Sammy Hagar. And I uh, was I, I love both incarnations of Van Halen. But he's got a an audio book. Uh, called Red, the uh, the biography of his rock and roll life or something like that. And uh, if you go to audibletrial.com slash Dave, I'll put a link to this out in the show notes. Uh, I just got done reading or listening to this book. If you go to logicalloss.com slash 266, I'll have a link to uh, Audible there. And it's one of the most uh, just enlightening books. And you find out that Eddie Van Halen is a, a real uh, piece of work. And Sammy is brutally honest. Um, I was kind of disappointed because at one point he said, oh, yeah, I love my wife. That's why I was always really careful and uh, practice safe, safe sex with groupies. And I'm like, that, that particular sentence is like, excuse me? So if you're interested in that, that's, uh, that's what I was listening to. I know a lot of times I listen to, to diet books and stuff, but uh, you can get a free book at Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash Dave, and that'll take care of that. Or just go out to logicalloss.com slash support, and there you'll see the links to things like Amazon, and there's a donate button, anything you'd like to help support the show. When you go to Amazon, it doesn't cost you a dime. I just earn a little bit of a referral fee, and that does help keep the lights on here at the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I want to thank whoever ordered the Syntax or Syntrax Nectar it's uh, medical unflavored. It's a pound of nectar. That's interesting. And, uh, you know, here they, they paid twenty two ninety five for that. I made a dollar thirty eight, which is cool. That gives us up to, uh, let's see, a dollar thirty eight, dollar forty eight, dollar fifty six. Uh, we're up to two dollars and ten cents in Amazon referral. So I appreciate everybody uh, helping out with that. It costs about ten bucks a month, ten to twenty dollars a month if you count the web hosting. And uh, it's a great way to uh, help support the show. So thanks so much. Uh, Let me leave you with uh, the fact that, you know, look at the calendar. There is nothing you can do about the past. So quit worrying about it. Quit fretting about it. Quit feeling bad about it. Quit beating yourself up about it. There's nothing you can do about it. But look at the other side of the calendar. It's time now to start making a change because you can change the way this story is going to end. You can't do anything about the way it started but you have complete control over how it ends. So hang in there, stay focused, think about the next meal and how you're going to eat right. I know uh, I just had a big old salad and uh, I've got a uh, healthy choice chicken margarita in the freezer for dinner. So, and I have been walking around today trying to do the right things. When you do them consistently, you know, the scale starts to move. So thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. 
If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free on iTunes by going to LogicalLoss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll free, 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just deny it thin. Won't tell you lies thin. I won't small thin. But I realize I guess I'll have to